You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I am Gail, compulsive overeater. Um... I came into program in 1999. My husband was so sick of hearing me chant my mantra of if I could only lose this weight. And then with all the attendant self-hate that went with that, my top weight was 275. There's a picture. (laughs) There's a picture. Um, And um, I guess it was my daughter's graduation from high school. And I saw a picture of myself hugging her, and I look like a small refrigerator. This is this is when my weight was down. This is Steve and I behind a behind this um, Grateful Dead show, and this is when my weight was down. It was 1975, year before. Um, I well, I got pregnant later that year, and my first daughter was born in 1976. Now this is me in relapse. I um, came to have 99, got absent right away, got a sponsor, started working the program, and um, thought, well, I can finish college now. I lost my abstinence in either 2000 well, I had nine years of relapse. So it was probably about 2004 um, when I was in the master's program. Our teacher, I was in creative writing, and our teacher would bring a fifth whiskey, cheese and crackers, and olives. And I hadn't had a drink since 1989, and this would have been about 2003, 2000, yeah, 2002, 2003. And I wasn't interested in the alcohol, but the cheese and crackers got me. And my break in abstinence really started with a little extra salad dressing. I would have my so-called abstinent lunch at San Francisco State, chicken and salad. But they had a little ladle, teeny little ladle. And and this is my 60th birthday. Uh, I was almost back, well, I was about 238. You know, um, and I'm 70. I got back in the rooms at 62. And um, I can't, (laughs) and this is a doozy. This is me and my best friend. Uh, We met on the steps of the ashram in 1972. And we're uh, up in Chico visiting another friend. And this, I was in relapse. And this is again, when my weight was down, I had just done, a thousand calorie a day diet. Uh, I was put on a juice fast at this holistic clinic called Riverwinds. And 
and um, I lost a lot of weight. And this is Novi. She was about three or four here, four, yeah. So I lost a lot of weight, and I was, but I couldn't keep it off, and it was a juice fast. And the minute I started eating, I was able to keep it off for about a year, maybe two, but I just, you know, I'm a sugar junkie. So it slowly all came back, and then I think that next picture you're going to see um, is abstinent Gail at a graduation party at the Irish Bar Martin Max, and I'm with my two buds, my two best friends. And um, I was, everybody kept marveling that day, like, you're so good. You're not even going to have any of your cake. I was abstinent and grateful, and the reason I was able to graduate and finally get my BA was because I was abstinent. And the um, program taught me how to ask for help. Because when I went back to state in 2000, oh, in, in 2001, everything I was afraid of, everything I had left, was waiting for me. So I had to pass the math so I could take quantitative reasoning so then I could pass stats. I had to pass the, um, the, the science lab. I had to pass speech. Um, and I couldn't have done any of it without a higher power and without the discipline of of OA. I did not know how to ask for help. I only knew how to run scared. And running scared has been like um, a theme um, pretty much my whole life. And um, my mom um, died when I was 14. She had an asthma attack. It was real sudden. And uh, six months later, I was at, I was at Notre Dame Dana Moore Catholic High School. Six months later, I was 200 pounds. Nobody back then talked about death. And when you're 14, you need somebody somewhere to say, baby, this is going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Well, my dad's way of getting through it, and I'm not trying to take his inventory. Was He climbed through the bottle that night. He started pouring a little bit of liquor into his shot glass. And me and my sister were kind of like left to fend for ourselves. Our grandmother tried to help. But she was devastated. It was her daughter. And um, it happened so fast. And all I knew how to do was eat my grief and eat, eat my, my sorrow and frustration. So um, that was 1965. And oddly enough, it was 20. She died four days after Christmas. So it was 20 days after my 14th birthday. And so there's all these like things, you know, um, four days after Christmas, 20 days after your birthday. And uh, she was the one who would always kept my food in line. I was four pounds, 14 ounces. I was in the incubator for a month, 1951. Um, and all I knew how to do was feed the sorrow. That's all I knew how to do. Um, I was suffering. My grandpa died when I was seven. I was at catechism, and I was about to make my first Holy Communion, and Grandpa had paid for the, the Bride of Christ outfit, and um, when I came, when I ran from St. Michael's to my grandparents' house, which was like a block and a half away, my parents were there, and I'm like, why are you here? Grandpa and I are going to the, we're going to the old neighborhood. Um, and he told me he had had a heart attack. So 
that was my first loss and my first real anger at God. And um, then seven years later, mom. And my grandmother was in desperation, desperation. So some point in 1967, two years after mom died, my father remarried and that was a shit show, but that's, uh, um, my grandma got this idea that if, if I would do more exercise, I could get the weight off. So she found this gym on Van Ness called Golden Venus. And uh, Golden Venus would have been cool if I was like 12, 15 years older. But at 15, I'm there with all these married ladies and um, the people who led us around the equipment all wore these little plastic bags underneath their suit to keep them sweaty. And they had this concoction that was skim milk, orange juice, and a little um, oil, probably Wesson oil. And supposedly, if you drank a cup of this before each meal, it would cut your, cut your, cut your appetite. It was nasty. I did it because my grandmother and I, we were, we were desperate. Um, at that point in time, we didn't have aerobics and all the things that women and people have now for exercise. We had those horrendous rollers. And they, I don't know what they were supposed to do. You know, break down the fat. I mean, I really don't know what they were supposed to do. But it was rollers and you'd lean against it and, and put your arms up over it and put your legs over it. And, and then there was it. the only thing that made any sense to me at that point in time. And then you get into the what I call the blubber belt. That things that just shook you, you know. Um, but nobody talked about food. Nobody talked about how to how to eat. And it was just um, I don't know how to do it. Any, it's the, to tell the truth, it was awful. Um, if that didn't work. There was always um, the, the I, I'm, I'm sorry, you're, I just have to gather my thoughts and try to be coherent. I apologize. Um, because of my grandma's desperation, we tried a bunch of things, the gym being one of them. And um, the only thing that looked like what we use now in the gym was the exercise bike. And I tried to, I tried, I really. Nobody's, nobody's saying, may I extend that heart and hand of OA to you? So in my grandmother's desperate. And many, many, many different.
I know I'm jumping around and I apologize. Um, and when I told you that my husband was tired of my mantra, I'm sick and tired. If I could only lose this weight. He got me to a how meeting. Sometime in 1999 at the dry dock. He didn't know it was a hell meeting. He called in desperation to find a meeting. And um, we went that Friday night to the dry dock. It was a, it was a, I didn't know it was a hell meeting. It was a meditation meeting. And I went and I was, I was pissed. I was like, how could you do that to me? And I sat in the back scowling. And by the end of the meeting, I was like, these are my people. And s somebody gave me a food plan. I started following the food plan. I made outreach calls because I thought the outreach calls were like a bank account for the times when I was so desperate that I really needed someone. So I started practicing. And back then we had a wide group to, to, to call. And, and people were so friendly. One, uh, one woman I called, she put her husband on the phone and he says, well, between us, we've lost 600 pounds. It was him and his wife and his daughter. They all done how, you know, <laughs> um, it was just amazing. It was amazing. You could call a perfect stranger and they welcomed you and helped you and, and talked to you about program and the steps. And um, it was just a miracle. And at that point in time, in 1999, when I joined, I think I was 48. And so the weight was still coming off fast. So I lost 100 and some pounds in about nine months. So I came in, top weight was 275, but I came in at uh, 250. And I was down to, I guess it was 98 pounds. I was down to 158. And really, really quickly. And they didn't have the points yet, thank God. But I just couldn't do it. I, the diets don't work. Um, and then I found this thing called Diet Workshop after my kid was born, uh, or just before the second child was born. And I got down to 142 pounds. I had never weighed 142 pounds. I was six pounds from gold. And then I got pregnant. And when I get pregnant, it's like, I get to eat. And if I get to eat, I don't give a shit. So I gained six or so many pounds pregnant. And um, just could not, could not get my act together again until 1999. Um, I had to back up, guys. I had that juice fast, so I had that brief moment of losing about 70 pounds, because all I was doing was celery and carrot juice in the morning, celery and carrot juice in the afternoon, and miso soup at night, and the the holistic chiropractor put me on that for 30 days now that was to get me off steroids it didn't work for my asthma it didn't work but it got me really thin and i felt really beautiful i was able to maintain it till about 1980 so that would have been 78 to 80 and uh, then after 
Aurora was born, all the weight came back, uh, all the madness came back. That's the other thing. When I'm in the food, I'm generally on the hamster wheel, and all I'm hearing is my negative self-talk. Now, where I learned it, how I learned it, I have no idea. But the negative self-talk tells me I'm a piece of shit. I'm never going to get my shit together. Da 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 da, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. That's fifteen minutes. Thank you, sweetheart. It is amazing. The minute I get abstinent, the hamster wheel stops, and I don't hear all that negative. So I came back into the rooms after the nine-year relapse, June twelfth. 2013 I had eaten myself back up to 238 pounds and I was desperate and I was 12 step by an 18 year old who it was his birthday we were at Pacific Catch and he started talking about his guitar teacher who had double aces on his biceps and he had asked his teacher what it what it was about and he says I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict and I have 15 years clean and sober. That was a Sunday. I went to the last Howl meeting in San Francisco um, that Wednesday. There were three people in the room, including myself. I asked the right one to sponsor me. She said, follow your food plan, keep your head down, don't get attached to the outcome. And I get to live in this body. I get to wear the same clothes day in, day out. My husband and I went to Morocco for our 40th anniversary. I'm still wearing the same clothes that I wore in 2014. Never happened. Um, I don't have success unless I'm in how. I need the parameters around my food. Today I have three weight measured meals. No flour, no sugar, no snacks. And I can maintain and... I had gotten all the way down to 158, I'm 160 right now. I'm not going to quibble. Um, my abstinent day is June 12, 2013. I'll have nine years, God willing. I never had nine years of anything, ever. So I am grateful that um, Ifa Funke asked me to share. And y'all, I am a uh, night owl. And I don't go to bed till six in the morning. And I meditate before I go to bed. I got up for y'all. That's a miracle. So thank you.